Welcome to episode 59 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Massey. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm just stoked that you are taking some time to improve your photography. This podcast is part of the educational arm of my photography business, Robert Massey Photography. We focus on crafting beautiful images in the great outdoors, and we sell a variety of prints of mountains, lakes, Calgary, and beyond. You should check out all the photos we have available on robertmasseyphotography.ca, which is also where you can find the show notes for this episode. All right, now let's get on with that show. We all know the best time of day to take photographs is around sunrise and sunset. Golden hour and blue hour offer the best natural lighting, beautiful colors, gentle shadows, and typically just the most fantastic look for your photo. And let's be honest, we all want that photo of the famous landmark with the beautiful sky taken during these times. But this isn't always going to be possible. When we're traveling, there will be many times where you will only get one chance in a location, and it's not going to have the best light. It'll be high noon, shadows will be deep and harsh, and you will have to make the most of it. That's travel for you. We don't always get to control situations the way we would like to. And in these situations, you don't have to put your camera away. You can still create some fantastic photographs. It just takes a change in thinking from the way you would shoot earlier and late in the day. So what can you do when the sun is high, the sky is blue, and the light is honestly terrible? Firstly, don't bemoan the lighting. There is nothing you can do about it. The sun will shine or not. There may be clouds. There may not. A tornado may drop out of the sky. Or you could have the most beautiful day ever. We have no control over the weather. So instead of complaining about the lighting at high noon, accept it. Embrace it. And look for the ways you can make it work for you. Now let's get into four ways you can take great travel photos when the lighting isn't great and you really don't feel like carrying around some off-camera lighting for yourself. All right, tip number one, look to the shadows. One surefire way to create better images in broad daylight is to look for shade. Shooting in the shade reduces harsh sunlight and hard shadows, giving you a more even picture than one taken in the sun. It really reduces that contrastiness to the image. And this works for tiny details, shooting portraits, or pretty much anything. Here's an idea for the next time you are trying to shoot a portrait in the middle of the day with that deep, deep sun. Find a shaded area barely out of the sun, like an open door onto a parking lot. Have your subjects stand just within the shaded area so there is no sun on them, then take their portrait. This is called, by some anyway, cave lighting. You are essentially using the ground outside to act as a reflector to fill in your subject's face while using the doorway as a flag to block the sunlight from hitting them directly. And then to expose properly for your face, you're killing the background off behind them, which gives it this really nice black color in behind your portrait. And you can get some really beautiful, soft, even lighting in the middle of the day just by using this. And it can make for some beautifully lit portraits. Now, shadows can also be really useful to include in your composition. In broad daylight, shadows are typically very harsh and very well-defined. You can easily see whatever the subject is via its shadow. And this can lead to the opportunity for some really unique compositions that you can't get at other times of the day when shadows become less defined. Maybe you will use well-defined shadows to add texture to a portrait or place some geometric shapes across someone's face, or you can catch a unique pattern as the sun filters down 
You can catch reflections of people walking on the street or buildings or whatever. There are just a ton of possibilities when the shadows are as sharp and as crisp as they are in the middle of the day. So keep an eye out for how the sun creates those and you can add some extra compositional elements. All right, so that's using shadows. But now we're going to look the other way and we're going to look straight up into the sky because for tip number two, you want to use the blue sky. Bright blue skies can create fantastic backgrounds for isolating subjects. You don't need a wicked depth of field for the subject to stand out and a lot of colors really pop against the color of the sky. One of the great benefits here is that the sky makes for a pretty simple backdrop. We talked about using simple backgrounds on last week's episode of the podcast, which if you haven't listened to yet, it's all about making your subject pop. So go back and give it a listen after you've done this one. Now they make your subject pop because the background is simple and because colors stand out well against it. Now blue skies can also make a place feel more real. Frequently, we see these fantastic images of areas with orange skies and a golden glow, and they look stunning, but they aren't how most people will experience a place. If you look at a lot of travel advertising, you'll see many of the photos are taken in the middle of the day with bright blue skies. This is intentional. It helps the viewer relate more to the location. Now, this is because blue skies are how most people will see a place or imagine seeing a place when they're there. Because honestly, outside of photographers and a few random people, most people aren't getting up pre-dawn to go and watch the sunrise somewhere, or at least not doing it routinely like we tend to. So having bright blue skies helps people relate more to those images because it feels more realistic for how they see themselves in that space. And suppose you are hoping to get something published. In that case, some blue sky images of how people will typically see a location will help your cause. And of course, to go along with those fabulous sunset and sunrise shots, because you're going to want those in there too. All right, going on to tip number three, document the day-to-day. Broad daylight is when most of the world is up and moving. And as a traveler, this is your chance to document that day-to-day life of wherever you are. In many places, people won't be starting their days before sunrise and many shops close up before sunset. That in-between time is when you catch all the routine interactions that make up a day in that culture. This is a great way to learn more about where you are and how they live and likely a great way to make some new acquaintances as you will have the opportunity to meet many, many people. Especially because depending on your style of this type of photography, you're probably going to want to talk to people to get the best photos, to make them understand why you're shooting this. Just it helps settle everybody down and it gets a good chance for you to meet somebody and talk to them and make a connection, which is honestly one of the greatest parts about travel. Now, one photographic note to think of here, to get some of those shots, especially those ones through windows or with somebody cooking and there's water that they're cooking in or anything like that, you will need a circular polarizer to cut down reflections. I say this a lot, but these are really great items to have in your day-to-day photography kit because they are just so, so useful for so many situations. Now, try using this day-to-day documentation to actually document the moments during big celebrations as well. And I'm not talking the obvious giant celebration where the fireworks go off and there's thousands of people and all that, but like the things that happen in between the big moments of celebrations and big moments of things going on in the city. So like in Calgary, you won't get to see much of the regular everyday interactions as most people work inside offices and warehouses and a lot of the shopping takes place inside malls and in small spaces and just it's a lot harder to photograph the day-to-day of a city like Calgary. But our city changes 
during the annual Calgary Stampede, which is an outdoor rodeo and festival that takes over Calgary for 10 days every July. There are a lot more people on the street during the middle of the day, a lot of urban cowboys, which are those office workers who dress up in their cowboy hats and wranglers and plaid shirts and have nothing to do with actual ranching, but they want to look like it for these 10 days. And there's a sense of general merriment throughout most of the city center. And it's 10 days where Calgary turns back into a small town. Now, most people will commonly focus on photographing the carnival and the entertainment at night when the lights are shining and everything looks magical and there's fireworks and there's all the tons of people on the actual festival grounds. But the stampede stretches outside of the grounds themselves where there's pancake breakfasts in the downtown, there's paintings and there's decorations and just it seems to take over most of our city center and most of the area surrounding it. So there are these tiny little moments that happen all throughout the day off the actual festival grounds that you would be remiss not to have your camera out to document. So the next time you are somewhere for a big festival, like the Calgary Stampede, don't look for just that big closing shot. Look for all those tiny moments that happen in between the big ones, and a lot of those tend to happen under big blue skies. And they're not things that you're going to be able to recreate or you really won't be able to toss a flash in there or do anything like that. So just accept that it's happening in front of you, accept that the lighting might not be the greatest, and tell that story of the event. All right, going on to tip number four for you, use neutral density filters. I recently purchased some Polar Pro neutral density filters, and they are a game changer. I had a bigger kit before with the square drop-in filters, but I found it cumbersome to use, and it took up a lot of room in my bag. So I've switched to mainly carrying neutral density filters from Polar Pro to do my long exposure work. I own a 10-stop polarized ND and a 6-stop polarized ND that can be screwed together to create a 16-stop ND, which at noon on a bright sunny day is awesome. You can make full 3-5 to five minute exposures at f16 def22. If there are some clouds, you get those long pulled out clouds, but honestly the best part for me is that you can mostly remove other people from the image. So you can make it look like you were all alone at the Eiffel Tower or the Colosseum or wherever in the middle of the day. And this is insanely cool to me anyway. I was out testing out these filters and playing with this 16-stop ND filter at the Peace Bridge here in Calgary just last weekend. And there were probably a few hundred people walking by me. And when I set up the tripod and got it to pull that exposure out to about five minutes, everyone disappeared. It looked like I was at the Peace Bridge at literally noon with no one else around me. And at noon on the brightest, most beautiful day after winter has started to come to an end, there is no way that would ever happen. So it just adds this extra bit of mystery and coolness to the image, almost like you've made everybody stop just for your photo. You didn't. But everyone looking at it is going to think like, oh, that's weird and that's cool. So give it a try. I love doing that. Now, using a 10-stop filter in the middle of the day means you can actually cause some motion blur and intentionally leave the afterimages of people in your photograph or get that water movement going on. And this is a great way to express emotion or give context to an image without including people directly in it. So yeah, dragging out that shutter in the middle of the day isn't really possible at any point without using neutral density filters. And this is really something you can't easily complete with just your phone or just a standard camera because you need those neutral density filters. So it's a really great way to help your images stand out. And who doesn't love having a way to make their images stand out a little bit better with so many amazing photographers out there right now? 
All right. And you know what? I got a fifth one for you today. I got an extra one here today for you. A few weeks ago, we talked about how to create starbursts in your images on the podcast. Now, starbursts are when the sun has those little tines coming off of it that make it look like it's like bursting in the image. And they are a fabulous way to add an extra element to your photograph in the middle of the day in particular. Now, to make a starburst, you will need to use at least an f11 aperture, and you will want to use an object to partially block the sun out, like a tree, a rock, the edge of a building, whatever. But by keeping the sun in your frame and turning into a starburst, you can give your images a uniqueness that helps them stand out from other travel shots, especially if you place the sun in a really unique position, especially like use it properly in the composition. Don't just throw it in there, but think very intentionally about where the sun is going to be placed. Now, if you want more information on how to create starbursts, head back to episode 57 and you can listen to all of that. There has some great information in there for how you actually get these into your images. All right, and that's it for today. Those are my five tips in the end on how to make the most of shooting on sunny days. I know, the light in the middle of the day isn't nearly as splendid as shooting at sunrise and sunset. I get it. But there are still a ton of great photos to be had when the light gets harsh. Learn to use that light around you, and you will start seeing photos everywhere you go. And this will really open up so many more opportunities for when you're traveling to be able to shoot throughout the day and not just at two periods. All right. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I'm super stoked. You are spending some of your time growing your photography. If you've got an idea for something you want to hear about on the podcast, let me know. I'm always happy to talk photography. You can get a hold of me on Instagram at Robert Massey photography and you can check out the whole show notes for this episode at robertmasseyphotography.ca let's adventure bye for now